The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion approached him and appealed to him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, suffering dreadfully. He said to him, I will come and cure him. The centurion said in reply, Lord, I am not worthy to have you enter under my roof. Only say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man subject to authority, with soldiers subject to me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come here, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Amen, I say to you, in no one in Israel have I found such faith. I say to you, many will come from the east and the west and will recline with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the banquet in the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. This is still early in Matthew's Gospel. It's chapter 8. But how, how would you feel as a disciple, you know, a follower of Jesus, you've been following him around, you are keeping track of his miracles, his workings, and this Roman centurion who, mm, the Romans, how dare he come and speak to our Messiah, asking for help from our, our God. They don't even like us, they don't even want us here, they tax us, they persecute us. Would that be our first thought when he comes up? Would our first thought be, whoa, 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 um, back up, bro. You don't belong here. Would it be, oh, man, Jesus is going to tell them no because they've been jerks to us. All right, let's go, Jesus. What would be the mindset? Imagine that centurion. I mean, he, he states out, he knows who he is. He says, I know, Lord. Like, I know what I'm responsible for. I know who I'm responsible for. And even though Jesus' immediate response, I will come and cure him. Lord. Doesn't say you, doesn't say Jew, doesn't, he's just Lord. Like, he acknowledges the heavenly Godship of Jesus. Lord, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Just say the word. I know you can do that. That faith of that centurion, how would those disciples have felt? How would we have felt as disciples? Like, Dang it, he's figured it out. I've been walking with this guy for months and I haven't figured it out. When we see someone else's faith, that can be so captivating, so um, intoxicating. Do we look at it in speculation and questioning and, and judgment? <laughs> no, they, they don't know. I know. I'm a disciple. Or do we look at them and think, whoa. I need some of what they've got. <laughs> I need some of what they possess. I, Lord, I pray I have the same zeal that they have. I, I pray I have the same humility they have. Lord, I pray that I can know them the way they seem to know you. That should be our prayer. None of us is worthy. We know. We say it at Mass. We literally say the words of the centurion in the Mass. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. And then we receive his body and blood. In the Eucharist, we consume him right here, and we say, Amen. 
You are the healer. As we go through Advent, as we get into this season, and it, and it causes us to really kind of bear down on ourselves. And when I say bear down on ourselves, I mean it really causes us to inspect in ourselves where we still need work. Because we all need it. Until we're in heaven, we're not, we're not complete. Can we look at others who might have a different faith denomination, who have a different, they go to a different Christian church, who have this great love for the Lord and say, whoa, that's awesome. Or do we look at them in a judgment and say, you idiot, you fool, you don't know what you're talking about, I do. What makes us know any better? Yeah, we, we want people, I desire people to all be Catholic, of course. But that doesn't mean I can't learn from my brothers and sisters of faith. It doesn't mean they can't inspire me and encourage me and, and cause me to like seek that same zeal. Advent is the season of preparing our souls for the coming of Christ. And this is the reality. We're not the same as we were last year. We're not going to be the same as we are next year. And yet there's something this particular Advent season Jesus wants us to work on. Whether it's something that hasn't been so great that we need to change from, or something we've been doing well that he just wants us to enhance. There's something Jesus wants us to work on, and it's so awesome that he gives us the time to do it. It's like working on a a project at school, and they give you time in school to do it. Like, thank you. This is great. It's what I needed. We get to work on it. Like, thanks be to God. I think that the beginning of Advent is a good time for us to just reflect on ourselves. How do I see my relationship with Jesus as a disciple? How do I communicate with him, relate to him, converse with him? And how do I look at myself to others? Like, we're going to compare. We shouldn't, but we will. But don't let the comparison be something that turns into a vice or a sin. Let the comparison, if anything, if anything, allow the comparison to be a fire to inspire us so that we can be like that centurion. Lord, I, I know you. I'm not worthy, but just say the words. You can do it. That's our opportunity. That's the great gift. I love Advent. It's such a good season. Such a good season. Because it allows us to prepare for an even greater gift. Jesus in the flesh, which we get to receive in every Mass. Like, we're already getting that gift. We're so, we're so fortunate. But let's inspect ourselves, examine ourselves, and if we must compare to ourselves to others, may it be a fire that inspires us.